Hello listeners and welcome back to Cobb's Corner. I'm your host, Morgan Cobbs. Um, you know, it has actually kind of been a hot minute since we have uh, made a new episode. I, you know, I guess uh, before I actually officially start this episode, brief life update. I recently graduated from the University of Bridgeport with my uh, master's in mechanical engineering and um, I, I did I did make a post on like for, for those of you who follow my Instagram and my TikTok, you will know that I decided to take the month of May off and from from posting. So um, you know, it is now the month of June, and um, we are back. You know, uh, Cobb's Corner, we are back. Although I'll be doing something a little bit different. Uh, I realized that this podcast, after you know one year, it's been primarily focused on like superhero movies. I've talked about mainly Marvel. Uh, some DC content. I've covered some Star Wars content, and, I'm, and don't worry, I'm going to continue to cover that content going forward. But I just wanted to like kind of take a little break from that. And um, one of my listeners, uh, you know who you are, um, recommended uh, re- recommended um, that I review, and there are eight movies that will change your life. So for the next two months. For most of the summer, we will be I'll be reviewing these eight movies, and they are, and I'll be doing them in order of release. Uh, they are Groundhog Day, which will be today's episode, uh, Fight Club next week, uh, Catch Me If You Can the following week, then The Count of Monte Cristo, Elf, Crazy Stupid Love, uh, Limitless, and we'll be ending off the series with The Way Way Back. So. Yeah, I'll be able to kind of pick apart these films and, you know, analyze them and pretty much we'll be able to discuss, like, what do we learn from, like, these movies? What do we take back into our own lives? And we'll be kicking off the series today with uh, Groundhog Day. Um, so on uh, Groundhog Day uh, IMDb, Groundhog Day is a 1993 comedy starring uh, Bill Murray. Uh, it's got a 8 out of 10 IMDb rating, and it was directed by the late Harold Ram- Harold Ramis, um, God rest his soul. Uh, if you guys remember Harold Ramis, he played um, Egon in uh, Ghostbusters, and they even, um, just I think two years ago with Ghostbusters Afterlife, they had, they had paid tribute to the late um, Harold Ramis. So he both directed, wrote... And starred in this in this film, makes a cameo. So, IMDb uh, the short description: A narcissistic, self-centered weatherman finds himself in a time loop on Groundhog Day, and the day keeps repeating until he gets it right. Directed by Harold Ramis, written by Danny Rubin and Harold Ramis, stars Bill Murray, Andy McDowell, and Chris Elliott. Let's go to Cobb's Corner. So we'll be uh, kicking off this review with I'll be highlighting some of my uh, favorite parts from 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 the movie. Um, you know, uh, Phil. You know, Bill Bill Murray. He plays a uh, newscaster named Phil who is in Pittsburgh, and he has to go and and he has to go over to the town of Punxsutawney uh, for Groundhog Day. Um, <laughs> if any of you who are listening are actually from Pittsburgh or from Punxsutawney and would like to. You know, let us know about what the actual Groundhog Day traditions are. Uh, feel free to drop us a line. And also, go Steelers. Um, <laughs> we're a, we're a Steelers household over here at Cobb's Corner. And and yeah, Phil. He he seems like he's a pretty like pessimistic guy. You know, he's he's a, he's a weatherman. And there's a there's a blizzard coming in, but he says like he predicts that the blizzard will pass over and that's not actually going to hit. Uh, Pittsburgh or Punxsutawney, and um, you know, and he he, he kind of just starts off the film as a, as a real just like pessimist, really like one of those, you know, all right, let's just go over to Punxsutawney and let's just get it over with, and you know, I'm, I really don't want to be here, da da da, you know, just really just down, just downright negative individual, and so he does this news report and. 
you know, him and uh, Chris Elliott, who plays Larry, the cameraman, and uh, Rita, played by and- Andy Andy McDowell. Like, the three of them, they do this news coverage of what I thought was kind of cute. They have, like, an actual groundhog. It's like a, it's like a festival. <laughs> like, where, like, they actually ask a, ask a groundhog what... Like, 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 whether or not he saw a shadow. You know, they ask groundhog named Phil, Punxsutawney Phil, if he saw a shadow. And, you know, legend has it that, like, if the groundhog sees a shadow, then they get six more weeks of winter. But then if there is no... But then if the groundhog did not sh- did not see a shadow, then it's going to be an early spring. Um, Just a bit of, like, I guess context behind, like, the movie and the concept behind you know, Groundhog Day. Um... But, uh, but yeah, you know, he, um, staying, staying out of bed and breakfast, and he kind of just goes about that day in Punxsutawney, like, just ready to get out of there, and, um, wakes up the next day, only it's the exact same song, um, I think it's, uh, I Got You Babe, I think is, is playing on, on the, on the radio the next morning, and that's the exact same song that, that was playing on the first day, so... He was pretty much reliving that same day, and now I'm not entirely sure. Maybe you'll say it later on in the in the trivia portion, but you know the the fact that he's like stuck in this like time loop almost kind of gave me Doctor Strange vibes a bit. You know, almost like like Doctor Strange or like movies like uh, Live Die Repeat, Edge 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 of Tomorrow. You know, Live Die Repeat. Um, you know, just just kind of like that constant like time loop. Where really, he's sort of, you know, Phil, he's really just, like, stuck inside of himself. He's forced to relive this day over and over and over again. And we only see but so many of those uh, replays on screen. It's implied that, it's, it's implied that off, sc- that off screen, he had, you know, you know he, he had um, repeated that day even more times. But, you know, just to keep up with, like, pacing and, you know, just, so yeah. For the purpose of the film, like we only see a handful of those repeats, but he pretty much, you know, goes from with with each cycle. You know, he he runs into his old friend, his old pal Ned, uh, played by Stephen Tobolowski, and, um, and yeah, he just has he just has a different encounter each time that he relives this day, and it comes to the point where he is like pretty much he realizes that all this like skepticism all of this like negativity this pessimism that he's had like all like just bottled up in in, inside of him this whole time is really just eating him eating him alive and he has no choice but to change like in one of the in, in one in one of the days one of the replay days he actually like the same homeless guy that he walks past like time and time again he actually goes he actually goes and like gives him like a whole wad of cash and treats him to a treats and treats him to dinner and you know unfortunately in one of the time loops the old man passes away um with each time loop he gets to learn more and more about Rita you know he you know slowly over time like falls in love with Rita and yeah, so it uh, yeah he fall, fall, falls in love with Rita, and I think in one of, one of the one of the um, one of the replay days he he even like gets a coffee for Larry and you know he, you know he shows up shows up to the um, Groundhog Day like with coffee for Rita and Larry and pastries so so you know so yeah Phil he's he's so stuck inside of himself, you know, he's he's stuck inside of himself, uh, at at, at the, at the start of this movie, and he eventually is forced to get out of himself, he's forced, he's realized that because he was so self-serving, like, really, that didn't give him joy, that didn't give him, like, fulfillment by only serving himself, he really ended up depriving himself, you know, and I know it's, it's it sounds counterintuitive, but you know I, I think, and one one thing I've I've noticed, not to get all you know preachy, but one thing that I have noticed, uh, being as as someone who, you know, 
born and raised here, born and raised in the in, in the United States. So you know, I've grown up, you know, in a Western, you know, developed, um, you know, Western liberal democracy, you know, de- developed democracy. Um, you know, everything's very like fast paced out here in the West, and you know, a lot of us are very selfish. A lot of us are very self-serving. A lot of us are very like. You know, individualism. A lot of us are very like egocentric, hedonistic. You know, like like there's there's even a scene where where Phil's at a diner and he just like orders a bunch of foods. He got like the six spread. You know, he's got this like six spread of like all this food just for himself. It's like you know, so many of us you know we're so self-serving. It's like me, 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 me. You know, I mean, yeah, sure. You know, it might it might look good. You know, all the you know having all that food, having you know all that junk food on your plate and it might it might look good and then yeah sure it might taste good in the short term but then you just feel sluggish you feel you feel sluggish you feel tired you feel like you don't want to do anything and then and then you'll feel even more sad and then it becomes a vicious cycle and then you just keep eating more and more of that you know junk food that comfort food and it's like when really you have to break that cycle so really if anything that scene where he had all that junk food on his plate, you know, all that all that junk food that he ordered at that restaurant, that was really kind of a metaphor for his life. You know, he said, you know, I'm, you know, self-serving. I'm going to continue to look out for number one. I don't need anybody. I hate my job. You know, me, me, me. Um... But then he still, you know, woke up and remained in, in that in that time loop, and and um, you know, and 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 over over time through the time loops, as as I mentioned, he becomes closer and closer to Rita, and 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 he eventually begins to do like random acts of service. You know, he like ends up forcing himself to actually do acts of service, like fixing. These uh, these elderly woman's um, tires, you know, like you know, he you know, you know, he he sees he sees a group of elderly women driving, and then they have a flat tire. He shows up and you know, fi- fixes their tire. And because you know, again, he's gone through this time loop again and again and again, so he knows exactly what's going to happen when it happens. He starts taking uh, piano lessons. <laughs> he learns poetry, and then you know, it comes to the point. I think one of the last one of the last. Um, actual one of the last actual time loops that he goes through he's at a party and that's kind of like the climax of the time loops because at that point it's like he he has you know become he has become a master at he's pretty much become a maestro at the piano you know a, a, a master piano player He's become, you know, very friendly with everybody and, you know, everybody who, who was at the restaurant and everybody in that town. Everybody loves, you know, Phil. Like, he, like he's pretty much a changed man. You know, he's, he's not, he's not a, um, he's not the same cynic. He's not the same, like, cynical, like, pessimist that we saw at the start of the film. But he he could only go through that transformation, and at the end of the movie, he actually breaks that cycle, you know, after falling in love with Rita, and you know, getting to know Rita, falling in love with Rita, the two of them falling in love, and really love broke the cycle. You know, him learning to love people, learning to love himself, that is what broke the cycle. He had to get out of himself. You know, love wins at the end of the day, folks. And really, I, I know I, I mentioned um, I, I, men- I mentioned Doctor Strange. I think I kind of touched on this in my Doctor Strange review. And I, I had said how specifically the last scene, like like the, the final like battle of Doctor Strange, when Strange is going through the time loops... Well, a time loop that he himself, that he put himself in um, against Dormammu and how Benedict Cumberbatch, he starred as both the hero and the villain in the movie. Like, he plays both Doctor Strange and he does motion capture for 
he 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 did the mocap for um Dormammu as well. So really it's him versus him. It's him against his own ego. It's him forcibly, you know, him going going out of his way to sacrifice himself to keep the earth safe, putting himself in a time loop and saying, you know, I may not be able to win, but I can lose over and over and over again and the earth is going to be safe. Now, it's like with Phil, you know, so, so then Phil going, going through the same ground, you know, the same like routine, it's like he doesn't learn his lesson, you know, each time, you know, you know early on, it's like he doesn't learn his lesson, you know, he's still the same like cynical, cynical, pessimistic in, in, individual, but then over the, over the several, like over the several, uh, you know, repeats, and after him, like, actually dying a few times, you know, you know, dying a few times, like, after the same repeats again and again and again, he is forced to let go of his ego, to grow out of, you know, that, that overinflated ego that he had of himself, and go from being selfish too selfless, you know, learning to live above his ego, because it's even like the ancient one said in Doctor Strange, I know this is kind of becoming a Doctor Strange part, a Do Do Doctor Strange review part two, but, um, you know, the, the ancient one, she had said, like, we don't lose our demons, we only learn to live above them, so for, you know, Doctor Strange, you know, he lost his hands, he lost, you know, the use of his hands, so he had to be able to, you know, find, you know, find a way to, you know, still serve humanity without the use of Western medicine. And even the ancient one literally told them point blank, it's not about you. You know, it's not about you. And I say the same thing to, 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 to you guys, you know, in, in whatever it is that you guys do in life, you know, be of service. You now, like, um... Like in John Wick chapter 3, you know, like John Wick, you say, now I have served. I will be of service. So, definitely be of service. And that is truly what gives us meaning in life. Not constantly serving ourselves and, you know, feeding ourselves, you know, feeding our soul and focusing solely on ourselves and not thinking of how can I benefit humanity today? How can I help someone someone's life be become better how can i be of service to the world today how can i serve my community how can i make someone's day better how can i make someone else's life better today because all we have is today it's like apollo told rocky there is no tomorrow tomorrow is not promised all we have is today Whenever you're listening to this episode, all you have is today. You will never be as young as you are today. You will never be this young ever again. It's up to us to get out of ourselves and to go and be of service to the world. And by serving the world, by being of service to others, that is truly what will give your life Meaning, you add value to the world instead of trying to just add value to yourself as opposed to just trying to stuff your face, both literally and metaphorically. No, instead, you serve others. You make sure they eat before you do. You know, metaphorically speaking. You, know, you hold the door open for someone. You know, you buy coffee for a friend. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, this movie is really about us breaking our overinflated egos and being of service to the world. Being of service to others. Not being so focused on me, me, me. Because in the grand scheme of things, all of us, and not to sound cynical, but all of us 
are going to die one day. None of us are going to live forever. You know, you, me, none of us are going to live forever. We're all going to die one day. And the world is going to keep on spinning. So, and life is short. You know, life, life, life is short. It could all end tomorrow. So, with the time that we have on this earth, it is our responsibility to be of service to others, to add value to the world, to change the world. It's not about us. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's not even about us. It's about legacy. And what we leave behind for future generations. One thing that um, at my graduation uh, speech, um, Coach Jim Calhoun, Jim Calhoun, um, you know, those of you who follow college basketball, you'll know that he, he coached the Yukon Huskies uh, for, for many years. I even had the honor of shaking his hand. Um, <laughs> he had said how he implored us, the class of 2023, and I implored, you know, my, my, my graduating class, you know, the cl class of 2023, I implore us and challenge us to leave behind a better world, specifically Class of 2023, those of us will say, like, college and up, you know, what, you know, you know, class of 2023, whether you got, like, your bachelor's, master's, PhD, you know, bachelor's degree and up, it's up to us to leave behind, leave the world behind, leave the world better than, than, than we found it. Make sure that the world that many of us were born into, you know, I mean, the 2000s, I mean, a lot of us, we inherited a kind of crazy world. All right. I mean, you know, the year I was born, I mean, I, I, I always say that 2001 was a good year, but, you know, I mean, 9-11 happened that year, you know, and then on, on top of that, you know, the the war in Iraq and even, even, even before that, I mean, Y2K, Kosovo, Columbine, you know, it, the, the world was already kind of scary at that point. But you know, it, it's 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 up to every generation to leave behind the, to leave the world a little better than they found it. To make sure that our children and our children's children inherit a better world, and it starts with all of us. So I implore, you know, the class of 2023, as many of us are entering are entering the real world. Now, many of us are you know done with school. We are entering the real world now. It is up to us to build a better future, to build a better life. Not just for our children and our children's children, but for us while we're alive as well. It's how you leave behind a good leg, it's how you leave behind a positive legacy. And that is how you truly. That is the true meaning of life. That is that is self-fulfillment. It's being of service to others. And, you know, Groundhog Day is pretty much an allegory for that. You know, getting getting outside yourself. And I know I sound like a broken record. I feel like I've <laughs> been repeating myself the past, the past couple minutes. But check out this movie, guys. I know I, know I encourage you to check out all the movies that we... Uh, all the movies that we talk about here on Cops Corner, I encourage you guys to actually go watch them yourselves. But this movie and every movie on this, every movie on this uh, eight during this eight week series, you know, I, I I really implore you guys watch these movies. These are the movies that will change your life. These are the movies that you're going to actually learn from, actually learning things. You know, not saying that you don't learn from, you know, the, the Marvel and the Star Wars and the DC. 
all that's that that's all good. It's got its place, but I really just needed to unplug from that just for a little while. I needed to just take the summer off, take a summer break from from the superhero movies, you know, from all the mainstream stuff and kind of, you know, focus on some more like you know, kind of maybe social satire ish you know which, which i mean i mean groundhog day it is a bit of social and even some psychological um satire but really just like kind of step back and really just like analyze these these movies and and i really hope that you guys check out groundhog day check out all the movies on on our uh, on on this uh series because it will change your life and as always, I want I want I want to hear your input. Um, I mean, that is all I got in terms of um, in terms of my favorite parts, in terms of my like review. On with the trivia portion. Okay, so on the uh, IMDb page for Groundhog Day and going forward I'll use I'll use IMDB uh, more going forward with this podcast um, I <laughs> earlier I actually forgot to read the official storyline a weatherman is reluctantly sent to cover a story about a weather forecaster rat as he calls it this is his fourth year on the story and he makes no effort to hide his frustration on awaking the following day he discovers that it's Groundhog Day again and again and again. First, he uses this to his advantage, then comes to the, the realization that he is doomed to spend the rest of eternity in the same place, seeing the same people doing the same thing every day. That is from uh, Rob Hartill, who wrote the uh, plot and summary, the, well, the, the storyline. Uh, Rob, Rob Hardhill, he's the plot author, he's a plot author who I guess works with IMDB, go check this stuff out, um, alright, so yeah, that is the storyline, uh, tagline, what would you do if you were stuck in the same day over and over, anything you want, and everything your heart desires, <laughs> uh, actually, let me, let me know, guys, like, I'll, I'll actually, like, add that, that's actually going to be a question for those of you who are listening to this episode on um, Spotify. That will be an act. That will actually be a question um, attached to, to this episode. And if if you're listening to this podcast on on YouTube, you know feel feel free to just put put that put that in the comments or really on really on, on any um, streaming platform. You know, definitely give us the feedback. But for this question, for the, for the tagline specifically. Uh, Put uh, put your answer in the comments below, either on Spotify or on YouTube. Um, so official genres: uh, comedy, drama, fantasy, romance. Um, motion picture rating: MPAA. It is rated PG. <laughs> you know, I, I realized that the movie came out 30 years ago. It came out in 1993, mm-hmm. and I realized that the MPAA was different. You know, mo- movies back then were rated differently. Like it's my understanding. I I know the movie Spaceballs from the '80s. You know, with with uh, Rick Rick Moranis. Um, I think that movie's rated PG. That movie would it would definitely pass for PG thirteen today. I want to say now, <laughs> if you see Spaceballs, <laughs> there's probably some there's probably certain scenes that might pass for R rating today. To be if we're being honest, um, but yeah, the fact that the movie's rated PG. For some like thematic elements, eh? Okay, I mean, I probably I probably would have given it a PG thirteen rating, but it's what it is. All right, uh, s- some trivia. I'm not gonna read all 139 items. <laughs> um, Bill Murray was bitten by the groundhog twice during shooting. Uh, Murray had to have anti-rabies injections because the bites were so severe. Yeah, I mean, you, you, you got you got to be be careful. 
with with uh, when when you're filming, you, know, you got to train these animals. You know, it's really difficult using animals on set. Um, granted, you know, today we've got like motion capture and CGI. It's probably what we would do today. I don't know if we'd use a live groundhog, but <sighs> you know, filmmaking. It was a struggle back then, but you know, Bill Murray, that man's a G for that. He's definitely a real one for taking, you know, getting bit by that groundhog and pushing through. You know, perseverance. Probably read like maybe like the first like five or ten. Um, according to director Harold Ramis, God rest his soul. Most of the time, when he tried to explain a scene to Bill Murray, Murray would interrupt and ask, "Just tell me, good Phil or bad Phil." <laughs> You know, I, I've mentioned before on this podcast how some of the best scenes are improvised. I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of the if a lot of this movie was improvised. <laughs> um, it's like good Phil or bad Phil. Yeah, because because you know a, a lot of a lot of like the really a lot of the best scenes in movies are improvised and then they're, they're not on script. Like maybe you have like sort of a blueprint, but then you don't have to follow it to the T. Now, there's room for, like, kind of directorial, uh, well, improv, I guess, and, you know, sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't, um, but, you know, to be honest, Bill Murray is just such an icon in this movie, I couldn't even tell. I, I, I couldn't tell you which scenes were scripted and which scenes weren't. Harold Ramis originally wanted Tom Hanks for the lead role, but decided against it, saying that Hanks was, Hanks was, quote, too nice. <laughs> well, hmm. <laughs> Hanks, Hanks, Hanks was too nice. I guess, um, yeah. I mean, at, th- at that point, like Tom Hanks, I'm not overly familiar with uh, Hanks's roles, but I know he did like Castaway, Forrest Gump. I was introduced to Tom Hanks through Toy Story. <laughs> not gonna lie, uh, Captain Phillips. Yep. Um, yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, him being too nice. Yeah, I, I, I guess, you know, a lot a lot of Hank's roles are kind of more serious, and I feel like I, I, just, I just can't see anybody else in the movie Groundhog Day because, you know, Bill Murray was just perfectly cast. Um, <laughs> you know, yeah, I mean, Bill, Bill Murray was, 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 was perfectly cast in this role. What I would like to see, and I think... Will Smith might have brought this up. Um, this was... Okay, this was like pre-Oscars uh, slap uh, Will Smith. He had a video on um, on YouTube. I think it's on GQ where he just like went undercover on, on, online. And he responded to some like... I can't remember if it was like Quora or Twitter where, he, where somebody pointed out how like... Will Smith, he had rejected, he had turned down the role of Neo in The Matrix. I think the plan, like, yeah, he had turned down the role of Neo in The Matrix, but Will Smith's response to that prompt was how what he would really like to see is, is to have the same script sent to two different directors at two different studios and have two different versions of the same movie made. That would be like, what if... What if in the Matrix we got Will Smith as Neo and Tommy Lee Jones as Morpheus, and then Men in Black we got Keanu Reeves as Agent J and Lawrence Fishburne as Agent K? <laughs> you know, it's like what if we got Tom Hanks as Phil instead of Bill Murray? What if like you know two different versions of the same movie, same script, two different directors, two different studios? You know, I'd I'd actually like 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 to see that. You know. At around 59 minutes, the scene where Phil picks up the alarm clock and slams it onto the floor didn't go as planned. Bill Murray slammed down the clock, but it barely broke, so the crew bashed it with a hammer to give it the really smashed look. You know, again, it's like, you know, props, you know, props don't, uh, don't, don't always break the way you want them to, and, you know, sometimes you gotta improvise, and it's like, I think there was even a take in Guardians of the Galaxy, where, like, Quill pulls out, like, the, the magic orb, they're at, they're at, the, they're at the collector's, at, at the collector's shop on, on uh, Nowhere, and 
when he like fumbles the orb and like drops it and like picks it back up, like that was all improvised, but they kept it in the movie. So, so yeah, it's like you slam down the clock and it doesn't really work. Improvise. Uh, all the clocks in the diner are stopped, mirroring Phil Connor's uh, predicament. Wow. Okay. Well. <laughs> Eagle-eyed viewers, um, you know, when when you when you guys uh, go and watch this movie uh, late later on tonight, uh, be free. Feel free to um, you know pause any of the diner scenes and see. Are all the clocks stopped? That's actually pretty interesting. I did not notice that. <laughs> uh, the film was not filmed in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania, but in Woodstock, Illinois, just 50 miles from Bill Murray's hometown of Wilmette, Illinois. There is a small plaque that reads, Bill Murray stepped here on the curb, where Murray continually steps into a puddle. <laughs> There's also, there's another plaque on the building wall at the corner that says Ned's Corner, where Phil Connors was continually accosted by Ned Ryerson. During the Ned scene, the sign for Woodstock Jewelers is clearly seen in the background. Wow. <laughs> yeah, the Wood Woodstock Jewelers is clearly seen in the background. Okay. I'm wondering, like, that's, that's kind of like how... You know, I mean, a, a lot of Marvel movies are filmed in Atlanta. Like, I know they film a lot of their movies. A lot of the movies and shows are, like, filmed in Atlanta. Like, it'll take place in, like, take place in New York or, you know, wherever. But be filmed in Atlanta. Like, I know for Falcon and the Winter Soldier, the scenes with Isaiah Bradley, like, the, I think it's, like, the first or second episode they go to Isaiah Bradley's house. The scenes where, the scene where Sam and Bucky are, like, leaving leaving Isaiah Bradley's house, and it's supposed to take place in uh, Baltimore, but I know it was filmed in Atlanta, and if you look closely, you can see the Martin Luther King house in the background. Like, they made no effort to try and, like, disguise that part of the uh, city of Atlanta. So, so, yeah, I mean, not not every not every movie is, like, filmed in, you know, the, the, the city that it, that it takes place in. You know, I know a lot of movies, I know a lot of movies are filmed in... Either Atlanta, there's a lot of there's a lot of space out there. Uh, New York, I've 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 been to New York. I'm sure I've been to New York during like production on some movie, TV show. Like I think the last time I was in New York, I saw signs saying like you know, no parking allowed um, for the next like week because they're like shooting or something. So yeah, Boston as well. Uh, Toronto, yep, I know. Um, like I, I think I think the movie Chicago with uh, John C. Riley was filmed in takes place in Chicago but filmed in Toronto. So but yeah, now now I now I have to go to uh, Wood, Woodstock, Illinois. Um, I realized on my no no I was gonna say I was gonna say that I had a layover in Chicago on my way to Micronesia, but I don't I don't I. Do not. Um, but yeah, Woodstock, Illinois. I will be coming your way. To my listeners in Woodstock, give me a shout. Want to come through? You know, Woodstock, Chicago, state of Illinois. Listeners in Illinois, make some Illinois for your boy. Harold Ramis directed the kids in the snowball fight to hit Bill Murray as hard as they could. Murray responded by throwing snowballs back as hard as he could. This is not the only movie on this list that has a snowball fight. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I I feel like with a snowball fight, it's like yeah, there can be some like a lot of moments that are probably improvised. It's like yeah, you know, hit you hit you got you kids hit Bill Murray as hard as you can. Uh, Bill, you hit the kids as hard as you can, <laughs> and quiet on set and action. And anything goes at that point. <laughs> Alright, last one I'll read. Bill Murray and Harold Ramis have both been honorary Grand Marshals for the Groundhog Day celebrations celebrations in Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. I gotta go to Punxsutawney on Groundhog Day, one, one of these years. Yep, no, no, I, I, have to, I gotta go to Punxsutawney, Pennsylvania. 
I might have driven through. Now, I don't know the state of Pennsylvania. I've been there like two or three times. I've been to Philadelphia a few times. I went to Pittsburgh one time for a conference uh, for Nesby. Shout out to Nesby. Shout out to any of my listeners who are members of Nesby, National Society of Black Engineers. Um, we had a Nesby conference in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, 2018, so five years ago. We may or may not have uh, driven through Punxsutawney because we were coming from Connecticut, so that's coming from the east. Pittsburgh is about seven hours west of where I live. About about seven hours, so... Yeah, gotta swing through Punxsutawney, swing through Woodstock. Definitely going through uh, Will Will Met, Bill Bill Murray's hometown. Yeah, Will Will Met, Illinois. Yep. Yep, definitely. All very interesting. Uh, very interesting uh, trivia. Uh, goofs. Some of the goofs. At, at around an hour and 27 minutes, as Phil walks off the stage after performing the piano number, two background actors behind him are visibly fake clapping, <laughs> but there's no clapping sound to accompany it, whilst this is a technique used on set when recording dialogue, so the background actors clapping does not get recorded by the actors, <laughs> um, the, the, the actor's microphone. For some reason, the sound editor missed this or decided not to dub it with two people clapping, giving this strange-looking result. You see, now I gotta watch this movie again. Like, like I just watched this movie for this review. All right, we just had this whole deep conversation, and then okay. At around an hour and 27 minutes, in the last part of the movie, Phil is seen playing the piano on stage at the party. As he finishes up song before going and talking to Rita, the piano in the soundtrack is playing a glissando, running a finger rapidly down the keyboard, while Phil is still playing as he was before. Finally, at the last run, Phil's hands match the sound. I might have slightly picked up on that. Alright. Uh, I'm only going to read one from Character Error. At around an hour and 12 minutes, when Phil is reading poetry to Rita back at his home, Rita dozes off. When she awakens, Phil says, I think the last thing you heard was, Only God can make a tree. This is a partial quote of the last line of Joyce Kilmer's famous poem, Trees. Unfortunately, either Rita must have been dreaming it, or Phil must have been quoting it from memory, as Kilmer's poem is not included in the book Phil is reading from, namely, Poems for <laughs> Every Mood, compiled and edited by Harriet Monroe in 1933. So, yeah, that's, again, one of those improvised lines, one of those, like, sort of, <laughs> yeah, one of those, like, character errors that, um, you know, made, made it into the final cut. And to be honest, I wasn't even like paying attention to like the poem that he was saying. So, <laughs> how many of us were actually like paying attention to the poem he was saying and like actually realized that like, oh wait, no, he didn't say that. That wasn't in the poem. Like, okay, yeah. it just works. Uh, continuity. At around 33 minutes during the police chase, when Phil is being chased down the railroad tracks, the police car has a rotating light bar. In close-up shots, the police. Lights flashing behind the vehicle are clearly strobe lights. Wow. Okay. Rotating light bar. Uh, <laughs> clearly uh, strobe lights. I mean, <laughs> can you imagine police, police, police car with like strobe lights though? Yeah. I don't really have much to say about that one. I'll, I'll read another one from Continuity. Since every day takes place on the same day, there should be the same amount of snow every night. However, there are clearly some nights where there is a lot of snow and others where there is no snow at all. Hmm. Well, um, I'll play devil's advocate. Well, well, not so much devil's advocate, but let's, you know, give this whole, you know, Groundhog Day repeat the benefit of the doubt. What if Phil wakes up in an alternate reality every every time that he wakes up, he wakes up in an alternate reality 
with that day where maybe it has or has not snowed the night before. Or in some realities, it has snowed the night before, but it hasn't snowed as much as other realities. That's my explanation. Continuity. Alright. Uh, quotes. Phil. Yes, Ward, I know there's a blizzard. When are the long-distance lines gonna, gonna be repaired? Well, what if there is no tomorrow? There wasn't one today. Hello? Dial tone. Phil? Hello? Hangs up the phone. He breaks a pencil and puts one half in front of the clock and the other on top. Right, and then and then he wakes up the next day and then the pencil is put together. Yeah. Uh, alternate versions. AMC and Sundance broadcasts in the U.S. slow down the film's audio pitch and speed at 4%. Wow, okay. So if you're watching this movie on AMC or Sundance, or Sundance, for those of us located here in the United States, the broadcast, they will slow down the film's audio pitch and speed by about 4%. Alright, cool, cool. Apparently this movie was edited into Pushing Daisy's corpse side oh uh, corp, corp, corpsicle corpsicle okay uh, show corpsicle which I guess was a TV show from the from 2007 there's an episode that I guess or no, push, push, pushing daisies. Pushing daisies, I think, is the name of the show. Yeah, pushing, pushing daisies. There's an episode called Corpsicle, where Groundhog Day was edited into the show. Pushing daisies is on HBO Max. For those of you who are interested. Um. Alright, um, movie was released on February 12th, 1993, here in the United States. Um, main languages, it's, it's available in English, French, and Italian. Also known as... Nagai Chaochui? Probably mispronouncing that, I'm not sure what language that is. Production company, Com Columbia Pictures. Filming locations, 344 Fremont Street, Woodstock, Illinois... That's the location of the bed and breakfast. Now I'm going there. <laughs> um, it had a reported budget of $14.6 million. $14.6 million estimated. Uh, opening weekend in the U.S. and Canada. Um, $12.5 million. Uh, that's as of February 14, 1993. It's gross income in the U.S. and Canada. seventy-one Over $71 million. Both... In the United States and worldwide, um, so yeah, so yeah, the movie uh, definitely made a lot of money worldwide, and you know this movie—it's just such a cult classic. Cult classic, maybe even a classic. I think I think we can just give it like classic, classic. Uh, classic status you know it's it's definitely it's definitely a classic it's, I definitely recommend that you all check out this movie it will change your life um, before we end today's episode I just want to quickly run through uh, Rotten Tomatoes it is certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes it has a 94% score although I not I'm pretty sure there was no Rotten Tomatoes in 1993 and a lot of times with Rotten Tomatoes you got to be careful about older movies that maybe were out before Rotten Tomatoes existed versus like newer movies. So, audience score 88%, uh, critical score 94%. I kind of ag agree agree with both. I, I mean, I guess, you know, critics would probably rank it higher, but I think even if, e even if you like 
you know the, the first the first time you saw this movie or even for those of you who are old enough to have actually seen Groundhog Day in theaters I'm sure you probably you know weren't thinking about like all the different like sim all the symbolism and like the allegories you probably thought like oh it's just a fun you know winter comedy you know, <laughs> you know hey Bill Bill Murray you know I mean that works that works too you know that 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 works too you know you know fun romantic comedy you know a little Valentine's Day movie you know but um. Yeah, I, I agree with the, the critics, you know, 94%, just because of all the symbolism, like, it just, it's a movie that just, I feel like, works for everyone, I think there's something for everyone in this movie, you know, it's so something for everyone, and you can watch it at any point, wherever you are in, in, in your life, wherever you are in your self-improvement journey, um, you know, you can definitely just watch this movie and, and just have fun with it, have fun with it. And be able to watch it twice. You know, sometimes some of these movies you got to watch twice. Uh, it's not too long. It's only an hour and thirty-six minutes. Um, but definitely, you know, check this movie out. And uh, that is, you know, all I've got for uh, this week's episode. Thank you guys uh, so much for listening all the way to the very end. This is the first time I've kind of had this new. This new format for episodes, and I, I know most of my episodes are usually like, you know, scripted, and I usually have like the intro and then the summary and the themes. But I, I just wanted to like kind of do do something a bit different and kind of give you guys my thoughts and like my thoughts and my opinion on on things, kind of my takeaways, and yeah, see, you know, kind of just give my input on, on these movies, because I really do think that these, these movies are going to change your life, you know, these these movies are the power of cinema, these movies are the reason why we love movies so much, the reason why we love movies here in Cops Corner, the reason this podcast, the reason this platform exists, so, if you made it to the end of this, made it to the end of this episode, and you like what you heard, don't, uh, don't forget to give us a five-star rating on all your streaming platforms, subscribe to this podcast on YouTube, and... And and uh, turn on your post notifications because we'll be dropping. We will go back to our regular uploading schedule of new episodes every Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Next week we will be reviewing Fight Club, so definitely stay tuned for that. As always, I will talk to all of you in the next episode, and I hope you enjoyed your stay here at Cobb's Corner. Peace.